Hello and welcome. We are the only show on the internet. Turns out we're the only show today because every other entertainer in the world got turned into cheese. Mm. Maybe somebody's making a really big fondue. I love fondue. Or charcuterie boards. Or a lot of charcuterie boards. I'm your host, Bridget Weagle. And I'm Dan Seibert. And today we have our very first guest, Maurice LaMarche, with us. Today we're going to talk about bloopers, food, and fine dining, and... Convention life. Roll the intro. <laughs> Hello? show on the internet. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we are joined by our very first ever guest, Maurice LaMarche. Hello. <laughs> is this is this on? Is this a this is a microphone, isn't it? Right, yeah. It might be the first time you've seen one. I, I've, I, I'm not really familiar with the technology. Yeah, no. You can you use your voice and you can just kind of like speak into it and ah, like it, it records it down. Over nice. Here. Yeah, I like it. Is it smooth sounding? Anyway. Hi guys, thank Hi. you for having me. I'm your first guest your ever. Very first yeah, very guest. first. What if they listen out of order? I would be their second guest. Or their third or fourth. If they're coming to the pod, you know, after you've been maybe a couple of months in production, I may not be their first guest. Well, I'm your first. You're I'm that, first. I'm your yes. first guest. Yeah. Okay. We don't care about who their first That's was. Right. You're no. our yes. first guest. So, yeah, if this is your sixth guest, welcome. Yeah. Well, yeah. If welcome this is your sixth pod. To the past. But I'm the first guest at when they didn't know whether they were going to have a guest. And then they went, let's, let's ask Maurice because, you know. If we can get a good interview out of him, we know we're good. <laughs> the test. <laughs> That's our test run. Uh, not at all. Yeah. No. no. Uh, <laughs> there was no other option for the first. None whatsoever. None. Well, we're the, yeah. the only show on the, uh, on, the, on the internet. So all the other people being guests on other shows have all been taken up in the cheese rapture or something like that. Yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm sure I love the that intro from was. your intro. I mean, there was some, <laughs> all the motives were taken up in the rapture. Whoever improv that was genius. Oh, man. just absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that was that's probably my favorite part of the intro song. For yeah. for you keen ears, keen ears. I almost said keen eyes, and I like that doesn't make any sense. Keen ears. Uh, for the keen eared among you, yeah, Maurice was that final. Like message sending us off into the intro as well as several and as well several was it me really oh that's 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 how I secured my spot as the first guest yeah first guest helped out with the theme song you're the first guest yeah yeah you've been in every episode so far there you go yeah so no matter what I'm the first guest yeah no matter what you're the first the first guest voice I like it for those of you who do not know first. Mm -hmm. um, Maurice LaMarche is a uh, renowned Emmy Award winning voice actor for when did you start? Hmm? When did you start? When did I start yeah, voice since, acting? Yeah. I, I probably, well, the very first voice acting job I ever did was in 1978, I think it was. Mm -hmm. A show called, a special called Easter Fever that uh, Nelvana Films did. It was their very, their second. Um, the second thing they ever did, and I was doing comedy, comedy <laughs> yeah. at the at the uh, at the world famous Yuck Yucks Comedy Cabaret in Toronto, the the first 
an original comedy club of Canada. Um, and, you know, it turned out Howie Mandel, Jim Carrey, Norm MacDonald, and some guy named LaMarche. <laughs> but I, I was doing my impressions, and they, this woman from uh, Nelvana Films said, we, we need impressions. We're doing this special about the Easter Bunny getting roasted. You know, on a roast. So no. we, we need people who can do impressions. In fact, one of the things is Steve Martin, and you just did Steve Martin, and he's he's Steed Martin because he's a horse. And you know, and so anyway, they they rode around me, and I did like six voices for them. And that was like the closest thing to magic was the, was the first time I ever heard my voice come out of a cartoon character. Oh yeah, was like oh oh my god, you know, like me. That's me. That's not Mel Blanc. That's not. That's not, you know, Alan Reed as Fred Flintstone. It's my voice. Oh my God, you know. And it was it, it threw me it threw me for a loop in a way. And then I didn't work again till uh, till like nineteen eighty five. And then I started, you know, I moved down here. And again, it was comedy, comedy, uh, being up at the comedy store and a voiceover agent uh, named Nina Nissenholz. Uh, who was just starting the voiceover department, William Morris, just kind of signed me on the spot. I was already with William Morris for uh, personal appearances. And um, and she said, you know, with all those impressions you do, I could send you out on voiceover auditions. And so it was a full year before I got a job. Uh, but when I did, it was uh, Inspector Gadget as, right. as the chief. And then that rolled into real Ghostbusters. And these are all shows that are, you know, now considered... Your grandfather's favorite shows, but you know, for me, they were like the new <laughs> shows. Oh, hold on, no, 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 <laughs> that, can, that can't be true. It's not, not grandfather's. Like, the either. real Ghostbusters was like my jam. Yeah, yeah. See? When I was little, so it's more like your dad's. Yeah, yeah, your dad's. Yeah. All yeah. right, yeah. okay. Dad's. I, I, I don't know. Still I'm getting grandfathers coming up to you're me at the at the cons. It's mostly saying, dads. You, know, I, you were the voice of my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> 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 childhood you're going like oh my god no, no. oh my god i'm old no. so yeah no i was i was uh i got to be i got to be dr egon spangler i collect spores molds and fungus <laughs> so that was my that was my first real you know real long-running job mm -hmm. and blah 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 and it's just you know you show up on time and you don't get in a fight with anybody and uh you do the work okay and they call you back so that was that was it and it's 400 credits later and i'm still working yeah 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 Futurama just got picked up for a new season. Thank God, because I have a house to pay for. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so we'll, we'll be working, we work in the next couple of years to make those shows. It's incredible how many times Futurama has just kept going. I don't know going. why they can't get the message that it can't be killed. <laughs> just stop trying. It's the Dracula of shows. He rises again. Every time we resurrect, Billy West is five, six, seven years older. Soon he'll be 80 doing Fry, the 30-year-old pizza delivery boy. <laughs> so he'll yeah. be fine. Just, just he's stop killing it. Let we, yeah, Billy does because he's, he he's never smoked. Yeah. So that's one thing he doesn't. He doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke. So his, 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 uh, his oh. cords are relatively pristine. Same with Frank Welker. Mm -hmm. They're both two guys that, that live very clean lifestyles and they can still sound like their youngest character. Frank Welker is still doing Freddy in the newest iterations of Scooby-Doo. Mm -hmm. You know, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. He's got those still good. His cords are still smooth. I, on the other hand, smoked Cuban cigars for 25 years. So I've just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> you know, and that's, there's not a, there's, there's an upside to that. Yeah, I was going to say, it yeah. lends you know, itself the to. The Orson Welles voice just sounds more and more like Orson Welles, who 
also smoked Cuban cigars for, you know, 50 years. But um, did I say Cuban out loud? Shh, I'm sorry. Well, it's over now. You can't eat. There's no, there's, so far, they can't go back. They can't get you for past crimes of importing Cuban cigars, so... Oh, yeah, no, I think you're fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize I, I, yeah, <laughs> that I, was a thing to... I, I got a feeling yeah. that any... I never actually imported them. I just buy, I knew where to buy them, you know? You knew where to find them. I knew where to find them. I, was, I had the hookup. I had the hookup for the Cubans. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jerry. They're Cubans, buddy boy. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's how I got where I am. But what I really want to talk about is yeah. Amway. Amway. I'm Am- kidding. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, go for it. Okay. Absolutely, let's hear it. I'm ready. I don't have an Amway pitch. Sam- <laughs> All right, Amway. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as a reminder, if you haven't seen the What is the Only Show on the Internet episode, uh, our, main, I, like our main goal when we have guests on is to not just sit and talk shop for all of it, but also we want, we want to get to know the people behind, you know, the name. Yeah. Saying this right, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like exactly. looking at Bridget. I'm like, yeah. please say that I've We're done like- this correctly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta tell. I mean, I don't. You, I have, I have things that interest me. I, uh, you know, there's some ways in which, yeah, I, I, like, I'm not a hobbyist. I mm-hmm. used to collect. I'll tell you what. I, I used to collect cassettes back in the days when that was a thing. I'm kind of the guy that started disseminating the outtake tapes that are now just, you know ubiquitous on the internet you know mm-hmm. William Shatner outtakes uh, um, I had the first one of I had the first one of that because I, I went in the day after Shatner had done you know one of the video games I forget which one and the engineer said you got to hear this and he plays it for me <laughs> and and it's Shatner and he's it's it, it everybody knows it now in fact it's 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 been put in films um, it's the sabotage sabotage rant mm-hmm. it's like Bill, back up to line 189 and uh, 181. Do those again. You're in the void now, and it's starting to affect you. And your your hail fellow well met. Shatner goes, Ah, oh, please don't tell me how to do it. It sickens me. <laughs> Sulu, Chekhov, Spock sabotaged the system. Spock, restore the atmosphere. Spock sabotaged the system. I wish I knew what to do. Observations, Mr. Spock. Uh, Bill, I line uh, um, sabotage. Could you pronounce it sabotage? I don't say sabotage. (laughs) (laughs) You say sabotage. I say sabotage. (laughs) And uh, so I had this, and and he said, I will roll it off for you on one condition. You never, ever, ever share it with anybody. I said, I just want it for my own collection. And I meant it. And then I had breakfast with Billy West, he was in town. This is back when they flew him in from the Stern show. They flew him in from New York at, to record like, you know, 10 Ren and Stimpy's in a row. Mm-hmm. And so we would make a point of God. getting breakfast at Hugo's in West Hollywood. So I go. <laughs> and uh, in fact, one of, the, and one of the ones I brought my son, Jonathan, when he was still in a bassinet. And my wife would, would pump breast milk. <laughs> and I came. And so I had these bottles of, of, of breast milk to feed, uh, to feed Jonathan. You guys have, you know I have a son named Jonathan, right? We do. We do. Yeah. So, we do. I know so him very well. I come back, I come back from the restroom, and, and I, I, you know, we've got his foretop, and Jonathan's in the bassinet on the, on the tabletop next. 
<laughs> Billy got the brilliant idea. I came back from the restroom, and John and Billy's got the bottle of of breast milk, and he's got some <laughs> running down his his mouth. He had opened up a creamer, and <laughs> you know, and made. But he pretended that he tried a little of the breast milk, and he just went. Boy, this is this stuff tastes better than I thought it would. You know, I was like, and I was like "What did you do?" <laughs> totally, totally sucked me in. So, yeah, <laughs> what a beautiful side story. It's amazing. So, so I'm ta- I, t- I tell him I've got this great. Well, he tells me he's got this great tape of Jack Palance, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, ranting out. And I realized I've got a bargaining chip because he said, I, I can't give it to you. I've been sworn to secrecy. And I said, well, I've got something of William Shatner. Okay, if you share yours with me, I'll share mine with you. But we can't ever share it beyond us. So he said, all right, next time I'm in town. So he brings me the Palance outtake tape, which is just, you know, Palance being directed against his will. And he goes... Now, look, we're going to do this a little while longer, and then that's it. Because I cannot keep doing it the way you want. I can only do it my way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, lady. I'm only doing this the best that I can do. And if you're not satisfied with my best, well, then that's too fucking bad. (laughs) But we're going to have to reach a solution or a resolution very soon. You cannot keep telling me what you think is the better thing, the better thing, the better thing, because I don't even know who the hell you are. (laughs) And after 50 fucking years in this business, I can't take all the goddamn directions from you, which I'm doing now, but uh, let's do this thing and know that we are uh, uh, getting close to uh, burnout. (laughs) Ah, bullshit, you love everything, but, 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 that's loving nothing. Damn. So he gives me that. I give him Shatner. We swear we'll never share with anybody else. The next week, I put on the, the Howard Stern show. Hey, Robin, Billy gave me a tape. Listen to this, Robin. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> uh, please don't tell me how to do it. It sickens me. Sue, check off. What the hell are you doing, Billy? <laughs> the engineer's going to get fired. Oh, my God. So this becomes his fodder for the next week's. Until Shatner comes in. Hey, Bill, hey, hey, Robin, guess who's here? William Shatner. He's going to answer for all of this. And he comes in and he has this great interview with them and he, 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 he laughs it off. He laughs it off. He faces it with humor. And I don't know. I don't know if that had anything to do with his career resurgence. But the next thing you know, he's, he's guesting on, on, on um, uh, not Boston Legal, that was spun off from. From the previous one, whatever that was. Oh yeah, the one with German Mulroney. Um, um, uh, anyway, I, I, I don't remember. I yeah. remember and seeing he plays Danny Crane for the first time on that show. Mm-hmm. Then that gets spun off to Boston Legal, and it's like he's got this whole new career. So I think that it. I think that really, I'm. I was the tipping point for that. Me and my little habit of collecting <laughs> outtake tapes. Of course, the Orson Welles outtake tape became. You know, I just. He parroted it and until it became, many people think, the definitive Orson Welles impression. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Brain on the model sheet, I thought they'd drawn an Orson Welles lab mouse for me. Yeah. I had no idea that he wasn't based on Orson Welles at all. But in my hubris, I did Orson Welles, and I was the first, last, and only person to read for Brain. So mm-hmm. I used to collect these things. I just... I, 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 and then... One day, and I used to distribute them. I used to make like these long tapes, and I'd take them to 
recording session, give them to the engineers, give them to fellow actors. And, and then one day there was this CD that came out called uh, uh, Celebrities at Their Worst. And it was my tape. He changed the order up a little bit, but mostly it was my tape. And, uh, and, and, you know, it was a hot, hot seller one Christmas. And then he got his ass sued. Why? Because he was charging money for it. Yeah. I couldn't get sued because I was just handing it out for free. So that was my one, that was like maybe the one hobby I really had. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm kind of an amateur human being. I, I, <laughs> I just, I'm just not, uh, you know, I don't have a thing. I wish I did. I love to cook. Yes. That's a thing? I'm yeah. a, I'm a I, you know, I don't do it that often, but when I do it, I do it with great precision. Mm-hmm. And I take great pride in, in my cooking. I'm a, I'm a decent, uh, I'm a decent uh, uh, omelet chef. Mm-hmm. I, I've almost got the French technique down exactly because I watched Jacques Pepin. And Jacques <laughs> Pepin, uh, you, talk, you know, you talk about how you must keep it moving and uh, stir it up and always keep that bowl. You use the bowl of the fork as you move it along and take it off. They eat and put back on and they eh, and and he's always drooling though. I don't I don't understand. He's every time he give instruction, he goes, "This uh, the way we do it in France." And, oh my uh, god! Yeah. It's because the food he's cooking I always looks so delicious. I think he's salivating. I have not eaten all day. They keep me locked up until it's time to make the cooking <laughs> So I'm starving <laughs> over this egg here. I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm doing him like he's from Quebec. I'm doing an a Quebec accent. He's much more genteel than that. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I do love to cook and uh, I'm not a creator though. My wife, um, who you guys have met, mm-hmm. Robin, yeah. she's the kind of cook that she's, she's brilliant because she just opens up the fridge and she can take 17 disparate things and take them out of the fridge and then whip something up. I'm not like that. I have to have a recipe. I have to shop for the things fresh that day. You know, I, I, it's like a European style of shopping. I buy just enough parsley, you know, yeah. f- for the dish type of a thing, you know? Yeah, John, I think I think Jonathan was telling me about that. Like, good, just every day, go in the grocery store, getting exactly what you need, take it back, and you just cook it all. Yeah. Instead of, like, jam-packing your fridge with, like, $300 worth of groceries and right. hope that you use it all. But 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 Robin, my wife, is is good at that. I mean, I, that's a skill I don't have that I go, how did you do it? This is delicious. How did you make this up? The, for, when I first met her, she made up a fish stew that was that rivaled anything I'd ever had in a, in a restaurant. And and I said, do you have the recipe for this? She goes, I, I just... I just grabbed whatever fish was in the was in the fridge, and you know, <laughs> and you know, just made it up. And I was like, I turned to my friend, who actually the friend who had introduced me to her, Michael Rotenberg, who now is uh, you know one of the heads of Three Arts Entertainment, and but at the time we were just two Canadians starting out in Los Angeles, and <laughs> he introduced me to Robin, and I turned to him, I said, I think I want to marry this girl. That <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, was wow. I don't want to think about how long ago that was. Mm-hmm. Got 30, got 39, 39 years ago. No, it's, yeah, 39, almost 40 years ago. Wow. Damn. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's almost 40 years ago that Robin and I met. It's wild. Wow. I know uh, Alyssa and I had a very similar situation happen where she just, she whipped something up like really early on in our relationship. It was like one of the best steaks I've ever had. Yeah. I was just like, this is perfect. I want to have this all the time. We have not been able to replicate that <laughs> ever again. Did she, did she improv that? I think she did. And so like now it's just this fleeting memory of like, oh, that steak. Oh, 
One Somewhere day. out there. One Somewhere day. out there is that steak. Mm-hmm. It's a memory. The memory of all that. Well, uh, that that is that is a difference between Robin and I. She she she, er, she everything she makes she makes once, and mm. you know, it's always different every time. Whereas I make everything to precision. I make the same cup of coffee every morning. I mm. weigh and measure my coffee grounds and my water, and I go by grams instead of liters, because you can't really weigh a liter. Yeah. But I, I don't want to look for a meniscus on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a flask. So I just, it's always the same weight of water, the same weight of grounds. It's at a boil and then let it rest for 10 seconds. And I do it in the Chemex like you do. Mm-hmm. And you're, you, because you're a coffee aficionado, uh, are yeah. you not? We, yes, we've, sir. We've, yeah. The, this is an excellent, oh, oh, it's all gone. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm sitting, because I'm sitting, I've had your coffee and you're, the coffee you make, is delicious and I'm like all right now I have to make it I hope I brew this correctly well and you did a fantastic job but the thing is I get the biggest kick out of reproducing the recipe perfectly yeah so like my tarragon chicken with the the tarragon and vinegar Mm -hmm. I mean I never deviate from it but it's one of those things that every time I make it it comes out really really nice and i to, to me that's that's a source of pride mm-hmm. and for robin my wife it's a source of pride that she never makes the same thing twice because she's got that genius of just whatever she's got on hand she can throw it together and it comes out great i've never understood really the mixing of like spices specifically like when i look at my spice rack i'm like i have no idea what any of this what goes is, with what, you know, what goes yeah. with what so i guess and so far, it's been successful. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're pretty, you're pretty dang good at yourself, just I, mixing stuff. I just mix, but like, I'm waiting for the day that I mix like a bay leaf with something that shouldn't be even <laughs> ever near, near a bay leaf. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've never understood the bay leaf, but well, the bay leaf is 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 the assassin of uh, of the foods because if you mm-hmm. swallow a bay leaf wrong, <laughs> you can slice your your throat open. Yeah, you cannot Ugh. eat a bay leaf. You gotta pick it out mm. you know um but you know it's know that, that it's the it's the savory of savories hmm. don't swallow a bay leaf i no. had no, no idea take that, that bay leaf out so Do dangerous not. yeah bay leaves are dangerous <laughs> Dang. they are dangerous public health public this has been a public health service of the unitarian service committee 56 park street ottawa four don't say you didn't learn something. don't say yeah. you didn't learn something how dare and you only people older than five We'll remember that commercial, and you have to be Canadian and older than to remember those commercials. So, yeah, cooking, big, big passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Fine dining, big mm-hmm. passion yeah. of mine. Mm-hmm. I like to make food. I also like to eat food, and I go out and, you know, I, I, I have to learn not every meal can be a feast because right. I, I, I got the word, you know, a couple of years ago from my doctors that, you know, you gotta, I've got to drop the weight because... Mm-hmm. I developed type two diabetes, so um, you know I immediately went to you know chicken breasts and salads, and uh, you know and then, you know medications, and then finally oh 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 Zampic, <laughs> but I'm I'm down from my from my biggest I'm down a hundred pounds. Woo-hoo. Wow! You know, yeah, I mean I was at one time mm-hmm. three forty five, now I'm two forty five, but I I'm only two thirds of the way there. I, I've got to lose another fifty pounds. So mm-hmm. and you, my friend, you've done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you have. Now, what have you done? How have you done it? Uh you want to know something? It's it's a lot of chicken. 
It's a ton it's of a chicken. lot of chicken, right? Yeah. yeah. I need I need to I know we had a little we had a little cheat night before we started here tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh yeah. One of the things about, the, not that I'm doing a commercial for Ozempic, mm-hmm. but as the guy who was the voice of the Fruit Loops bird, <laughs> I feel responsible about, for about half the adult onset diabetes <laughs> in this country. <laughs> Follow your nose, it always knows. <laughs> Get two kids, Sam. Kellogg's Fruit Loop cereal. Now with a free coupon for metformin in every <laughs> in every pa- package. Anyway, um, I need I need to, one of the things about Ozempic though is I only had like two slices of pizza and I'm stuffed. Old yeah. me, it's half the pizza. Yeah, that's one of the like the biggest struggles when I was starting to lose the weight was fighting like you're gonna be hungry. Like you, yes. you like a normal amount of food. What what is considered a normal amount of food and not an American normal amount of food. Right. <laughs> and then you're you're stopped and you're like, Well, I could have like three more slices, but I guess I'll just hold strong. Eventually, um, your stomach yeah. will tell your head there's enough food down here. Yeah, exactly. With or without any, um, you know, um, peptide enhancements. Mm-hmm. But I, I had that thing where the message just didn't get from my stomach to my head until I was, you know, until my 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 belt was like strangling me, mm-hmm. you know, from the waist up, and you know, it just the the whole thing with Ozempic is there are. It's a it's a it's a peptide that transmits that message sooner. So I eat the oh. right amount of food. Like and, and and I was doing it before I got on it, but it was like a struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the stomach they say shrinks, but what it really does is it returns to a proper size. Yep. And then uh, you know, um you're satisfied with less food. They say you're supposed to be able to your, your meal should really fit on a bread and butter plate. That's yep. enough food for a human being. You're not supposed to have a, a a a double quarter pounder with cheese. A slice of pizza the size of my head. Yes, yes. Mm. That well, is your correct. head maybe. You got a little. <laughs> You're right. I do have you a got small a head. head. I do have a tiny head. <laughs> You're a tiny. You got You're a little right. tiny. No, head. You slice want, of pizza the size hit. of my head. <laughs> you I got like a Humphrey Bogart size head. <laughs> that's that's what you want. You want a nice Bridget size head, head. <laughs> feast. You know, a bowl of pasta the size mm-hmm. of Bridget's hair. The, you know, yeah, that's just fair. you know, hollow out her head and just turn it <laughs> upside down and eat yeah. it out of her skull. Yeah, yeah, my skull's the perfect size for a bowl of pasta of for pasta. a man on a diet. Yeah, for yes. a, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Great. There you go. I know what I'm doing for Halloween next year. <laughs> <laughs> just a bowl of just pasta. A bowl. <laughs> Gonna look like a you know, but the pasta looks a little bit like a brain, but you're not sure. You oh know yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I, I remember it was the first, one of the first times that I hung out with Jonathan was like immediately we was this to, before or after he had the the breast pumped milk? <laughs> uh, after was I he, believe was he drinking? Was he drinking that? No, no, no. no, no. no. He'd quit um, by then. <laughs> he'd, he'd knock that breast milk anonymous BMA. Yeah. <laughs> Just resting him, and he's sitting over there. You're taking it like a champ. You're doing great. One of the first places um, that I went uh, was Sugarfish because of how much oh you love. Yeah. Well, it is. Is my good sushi is also a, a passionate pursuit of mine. Mm-hmm. It's not a passion per se. I don't know how to make sushi, but uh, there's so much bad sushi in America. 
Oh, and, yeah. You know, I, I fell in love with this place, Sushi Nozawa, back in 1992 when we were making Animaniacs. And our recording engineer, the late Harry Andronis, said one day, you know, it was back when we were really cranking them out because we had 65 to do. So I'd go in for a morning session, a lunch break, and an afternoon session. And I was doing an Animaniacs in the morning and a Pinky in the Brain in the afternoon. And he, Harry said, let's go for sushi. I'm going to take you to the best sushi bar in town on the, on the lunch break. And we only had an hour. And I thought, How's, how are we going to get to Beverly Hills and back? It's mm -hmm. got to be in Beverly Hills. The best sushi in town must be in Beverly Hills. So we go to this, like, little mini mall in Studio City. And I was like, oh, I had a mailbox, et cetera, mailbox next door. <laughs> and I said, you have a mailbox here too? Are we stopping to check your mail? And he goes, no, no, this is the place. I said, this place? Because I'd walked past <laughs> it a million times and it just was the plainest place with these two red pillars in it. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. All right, I'll humor him. I go in and we sit down at the bar and he says, don't, don't order just let him serve you. And for God's sake, don't ask for a spicy tuna roll <laughs> or a California roll. He'll throw you out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ooh, I've got this knot in my stomach. So I sit down and I just smile. And he puts this, this bowl of, of, of sashimi in front of me. And I, I take a bite. And as a friend of mine, Ethan Phillips, mm -hmm. who played Neelix on uh, Star Trek Voyager, said... When I took him there, I said, it was like tasting the inside of God's cheek. It was the cleanest, most delicious thing I'd ever tasted. It, like, it was a flavor unique among flavors and textures. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And so by the end of the meal, I was crying because I'd never tasted sushi like this, where Damn. there was no fishy taste. You know? Yeah. It was just this really clean food. So, and his rice was like these clouds of deliciousness. So I, uh, I became this, uh, this aficionado. And, and so, uh, you know, in, in the ensuing years, as I was retired, he trained a, a bunch of his chefs how to make his recipes and, and, you know, cut the fish and all that. So Sugarfish is, I, I, I think it's like 90% to what Chef Nozawa had when he was the only guy there. Right. You know, when he was cutting that fish, though, it was perfect. It looked like, it looked like glass sculptures of, of sushi. There was no serration. There was no, no, no fibers hanging off. It was just... Mm. And, and so that said, I, 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 I'm very particular about my sushi. Yeah. yeah. You ruined it for me. It was, oh, that was my first sushi that's ever. Right. Yeah. That's right. I took, I took Bridget there before she'd even met Jonathan. She was just my handler and my friend. And, mm -hmm. and I said, let's go, let's go for sushi. And she said, I've never been. It was after we, we were at, we just watched a comedy show. It was after the comedy show. Remember they brought you on the bus afterwards? We oh, went on their bus. Oh, what was that? I don't remember what show we watched. I don't remember who it was, but we went. And oh, then got a vague memory of that. I, yeah. But get, yeah. get, I remember the sushi mm -hmm. more so yeah. because <laughs> you was, were it was my like, first sushi ever. First sushi. Let's see how this. Let's see how she does. Yeah. The only person I ever had have a bad reaction to that was Howie Mandel. I took mm -hmm. Howie there, and I'd never noticed that he'd never had anything in all the bad sushi meals we'd gone for. He never ate anything except California roll, uh. and and so, you know, the idea of raw fish was horrible to him mm -hmm. so he he did he was the only person that ever had a bad reaction to sushi nozawa he just was like i can't do it mm. you know so and we had to leave yeah because i mean 
growing up in Idaho, the closest <laughs> thing we had to like decent sushi was like, I think it was like Sakura sushi that I don't know where they got their fish, but they didn't get the fish very fresh at all. No. So I've always had like very subpar sushi. So I've never really liked sushi until I got closer to the actual coastline. Well, that, yeah, and that's yeah. why you that's why you shovel as much wasabi on it as possible. Exactly, and you make that green soup with it with I, the soy sauce. So much. You're soy trying sauce. to kill the the fishy taste and maybe any bacteria that are in the fish. Yes, you know. So it's uh, yeah, it's really it's really to, to to have great sushi to me is just. Amazing. I thought about just ordering sugarfish for us before we got started. It was this close? Yeah, except yeah, I that, it, 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 you know, I, I, there's nothing like it in the restaurant. No, you know, it comes. The the rice should be warm. Mm-hmm. The fish should be cold. Yeah, that was Nozawa's philosophy. He made it different than anybody else. Nobody else did that. I mean, and when it came right from, you know, his hand to yours, there was a release of flavors from the. You know, from the cold fish, the warm rice, it was like a blossoming of flavor that happened just as you ate it. He'd hate it if you sat there with it in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's nothing you can control now. So, but, you know, still people order it to take out. I wouldn't tell anybody not to, but you want to have the best experience, have it in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't like getting it delivery. We did it a few times, like during quarantine and stuff, and I was just like, mm, so I don't really like it as much when it's delivered. Also because. I, now I'm like super particular about it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I, I can't, I can only have it in the restaurant. See, this is what happens. Like, People get around me and they become canoisers. Yep. Canoisers. Canoisers. Well, well, I know. And it's like, so Sugarfish also has like, uh, Uovo. <gasps> yes. That's part of the Nozawa group. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, that their commitment to excellence beyond excellence is unbelievable. Yeah. Pasta's ruined for me. Just yeah. like straight, you can't boil it up at your house anymore. Mm-hmm. No, it's but that's so you know that's that's Nozawa, that's Tom Nozawa, his son, that's Jerry Greenberg, and mm-hmm. that's uh, Lele. They're they're partners. They're all partners, and I wish I could remember how to pronounce Lele's last name, but uh, you know they are all foodies, and uh, uh, you know and and expert chefs. And their commitment to in, in all their restaurants, the Wovo, Hi Ho Burger, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a hamburger where there's so much attention is paid, not only to the meat, which is all wagyu, but the mm-hmm. bun, the bun is a work of art. The bun is a miracle of science. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect <laughs> bun. I mean, you know, they're, they're 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 just amazing. They make their own ketchup for crying out loud. God, I love a good homemade ketchup. There's a such a difference between like a Heinz and like something homemade. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You you never think of ketchup actually being sweet until you've tasted like a homemade one, or at least the ones that I've had. It's like it's sweet and less vinegary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm not really a ketchup person, so I don't really know. That's rude. Yeah, well, try, I, know, I know. Try to catch up, Bridget. I'll try okay, my try best. I'm always a little and behind, that's the I guess. Pun. We, <laughs> did, we did our pun quote, everyone. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is the, the uh, hi-ho guy, is his name Jerry? Is that the American, technically, the partner for the oh, American side of things? Well, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Greenberg, was, is, is, he founded uh, Sapient, the, uh, the internet, the... Uh, the um, software company and but his passion was food and great steak nozawa said you know i used to nozawa used to talk about you know his favorite steak was at dantana's and they said modisan one day he said modisan the best steak jetty and i'm sitting next to him and i was oh hi jerry nice to meet you and i didn't know 
who he was or what he'd done. I just knew he was this guy who made steak better than, you know, anybody else for Nozawa, whose favorite food was steak for a mm-hmm. sushi chef. Yeah. His favorite thing was steak. So we got into this conversation about, you know, you've lifting the temperature of the steak before you grill it to 85 degrees all the way through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do that with sous vide. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll actually just sous vide my steak to 85 degrees and then grill it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with as, as big a sear as I can, but apparently that's the big secret. So the burger, all of that, that's all, that's all of them together. But I mean, Jerry's really into the beef thing. Mm. So, and he's got a, he's got his own, um, he's got his own Wagyu club. Wagyu, Wagyu club. club. Yes. That you can join Whoa. and have Wagyu sent to your house. I have, I've yet to take the leap because uh, I've got to wait for the, the, you know, a new season of Futurama to be able to afford that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, there are people out there for whom great food is everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm on the cusp of that. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, my, my work is to say not every meal needs to be a feast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you got to be okay with an okay meal. And I'm because I've been in pursuit of that to my detriment, you know, because I would eat to stuffedness, you know, of, you know, just all this, the best pizza. The best, I mean, I will, mm-hmm. I, I remember once I actually flew from, I was opening for Rodney Dangerfield in Atlantic City and he was dark two nights. It was, it was a 10 day long gig, but he was dark on Sunday and Monday. And I actually got on a helicopter and flew to Manhattan and got in at uh, one in the morning and got in a cab. I checked into the hotel and got in a cab and went down to famous original Rays at 6th and 11th just before they closed at three, just to get one <laughs> slice of their pizza. <laughs> And then, and then, and and then, yeah, there's dedication. It was the best pizza. So, you know, they, and unfortunately it closed a few years ago. I went to 6th and 11th. There was nothing there. So my friends, uh, Ray Romano and Tom Caltabiano told me the next best pizza was Joe's. And so, but by acclamation, it moved up one as did every other pizza. Joe's is a fantastic slice in the village. It's, uh, it's now my new favorite pizza. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one thing I haven't done in New York. It's like I've seen a Broadway show. I've gone. You had like, pizza? I ne- oh no, man! Got- I mean, even the worst pizza, even the yeah. worst slice in New York, yeah. is still a great slice compared to what you can get anywhere else in the country. Yeah, it's so like every time I've been to New York, it was for I used to work for a company called People to People, which was like a student travel mm-hmm. uh, program, and so I would go as like the videographer to capture everything, so we could take it back to the marketing team, slice it up, throw it on the internet, and. The first trip I went to is like, we did like all the super touristy stuff. We never went and got pizza. And the Broadway show we decided to see was Spider-Man Into the Dark. (laughs) You saw the Spider-Man? Wow. I saw this. Wow. Half the kids fell asleep. And I'm like, Book of Mormon is playing like a block that way. Um, My first Broadway show was Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Uh, Now that's one to start Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one to grow on, as they used to say back in the eighties. Um, wow. Yeah. Was awful. anybody injured at your your, your no. performance? Oh, no, wow. Was, there wasn't even a catastrophe. Oh, like, no. It was just boring. Dang. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What a mess. God, that was a mess. Well, New York slice. If you if you go in again, mm-hmm. Joe's uh, in the village is amazing, and the line is out the door, and there's a reason for that, and that's where that's where. Uh, 
Ray Romano and Phil Rosenthal, big food guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Tom Caltabiano, who was a uh, writer on Everybody Loves Raymond. That's where they make sure to go anytime they're in New York. It's amazing. Great. Put that on the docket. For, Absolutely, for, yeah. for our we inevitable. Were, the last time we, yeah. we were just in New York in October, and that was one of the things we kept talking about. There was a Joe's close to our hotel, but it wasn't the Joe's. It wasn't. It's the same company, but, but somehow the oven yeah. at the Village Joe's yeah. is better. So we were talking about it all weekend. Yeah, but huh. yeah. we didn't go. We didn't and I go. and I put that to the test because we were there all for New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then I was just there a couple of weeks ago for our uh, Animaniacs in concert show mm-hmm. out on Long Island, and I went into the city. Uh, to spend one night in the city, and and I went and saw a fantastic new play with Danny DeVito called uh, uh, I Need That. It's about a hoarder. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. And uh, But I made sure to get down to the village, and sure enough, I sat there remembering the slice Jonathan and I had, and I was like, nope, this one's better. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is the better one. There's no question. So not disparaging the one on on Broadway, but But. the village one is the the slice. Mm. I like to make pilgrimages to great meals, you know? Really, it really has started, like, since I went to Sugarfish, of, like, wanting to... If I'm going out, I want to go somewhere good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I can only go to to BJ so many times before I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Right. What are you talking about, Dan? <laughs> I was can't. Our, that was our writing Wednesday fuel for so long. I know. Fed everybody in the room. There was I something know. for everyone. And you want to know something? <laughs> it put me at the heaviest I've ever been. So there we go. Problem. Are you, are you blaming writing Wednesday? No, I'm blaming, <laughs> I'm blaming BJ's. That's Take that fair. how you will. <laughs> fair. It's just writing, writing Wednesday is going to become, you know, uh, Zanku Wednesdays. It's going to be just chicken, nothing but chicken. Mm-hmm. Zanku is every is. Uh, I was I was always having Zanku during our our live streams, so it was always Zanku Tuesday Zanku for me. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Zanku's day. Zanku's day. Zanku's day. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, <laughs> your listeners need to know Zanku chicken is. Uh, it's actually it's it's I guess it's uh, Armenian chicken. I, I think it's. Yeah. I think that yeah. the owners of that the company are Armenian. But it's it's a unique set of Middle Eastern spices that are used, and it's it's grilled and it's delicious and it comes with a garlic paste mm-hmm. that you dip it in, it's and really it's good. unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's my great, favorite. great chicken. I know, I know, we just had pizza, but now I'm like, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe chicken maybe, for desserts. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little chicken for dessert with garlic paste. Yeah. Couldn't wait. Hey, it's it's healthy. There's worse, there's worse things you could have for dessert. I'll it's tell you. true. That's fair. That is very mm. fair. Like frozen yogurt which i had last night i was doing so well yesterday and i was like uh Alyssa just went can we please get frozen yogurt and i went i am weak right now yes <laughs> see i've never seen the point in frozen just go right to ice cream it's a, it's like why are we pretending that we're being healthy with this thick glob of, of because of get, fruit and fat i mean that's all milk is fun. <laughs> yeah it's just just go right to the ice cream and, and it'd be better be good tomorrow morning that's the way i feel about it that's but fair. i have a two-bite like rule that. i mean even even as a diabetic i don't eat perfectionistically i i i allow myself two bites mm-hmm. of anything i want and yeah. then i even if it means throwing it away because you know, I I, I, I I used to engage in the sunk cost fallacy of I bought this, I need to finish it because yeah. I paid this much for it. And then, I, you know, and thanks to my son who t- taught me about the sunk cost fallacy, mm-hmm. I was like, it's the money spent. 
better better it goes to waste than goes on my waste. So the yeah. other day I took two bites of a two bites of a of an ice cream cone from Deluins. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that the name of it? Van Lewins. Van Lewins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the one next to the Shurvish yeah. Lovo. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That place. And and I went okay. That's my two bite rule. Yeah. Threw it out. Not helping anybody if I eat it. Yeah. Ch- you know? I mean, changing your your mindset from going like, oh, I ordered this giant meal. I better finish the entire right thing to going like when i'm done i'm done yeah. yeah it doesn't help anybody if you finish every bite you know yeah. it, you can't mail it to anybody mm-hmm. no you know? so you know when, when when the parents of my generation would say there's children starving in biafra or wherever it was you know it's like and what am i supposed to do with this you know all that happens is i've got you know clogged arteries now of a childhood <laughs> right, of overeating yeah. and finishing every bite in my in my uh Thing I've got, you know, I've got a stent thanks to, you know, mm-hmm. finish every bite. So, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that I did, maybe the only thing I did right with Jonathan, <laughs> was I told him really young, you don't have to finish everything on your plate, Jonathan. Yeah. You stop when you feel comfortable, and you know, and and you know, Jonathan, true to true to that, has always historically. That's funny. We're talking about him like he's not in the room. He's right over there. He's right over there. He's right right over there. Off but camera, he's, off but mic. But he's only, he's, he's always like left roughly half his food. Yeah, he yeah. never finishes. Never finishes anything. And I'm totally fine with mm-hmm. it. It took me a very long time to get over that. Like, I need to finish everything. Like, every single time I was like, it's like six, it's like it's six tough, more bites. But it's so tough to beat the programming. I mean, yeah. It's the earliest programming we get, some of it. Mm-hmm. And you you just, it it's so, it takes so much mindfulness to override that, those yeah. instructions, you know, and, and, and you, it takes true concentration. You've got to have the awareness of just responding to St. Grandma mm-hmm. or, you know, the, 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 the 14th chapter of the book of dad, <laughs> you know, and, and, but you've got to know that's what's happening, even though yeah. it seems to occur on the cellular level. Yeah. That was my mom in my case. She loved my mom, but she's definitely one that would be like, you yeah, know, yeah. if there was a little bit left, she'd be like, what, you didn't like it? Oh, and yeah. Just guilt me into it. was like, no, it was good. Yeah. Just, I'm done. Yeah. If you don't finish it, you don't get dessert. It's like, well, I'm not going to have room for dessert if I finish <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, the food was the food was the way love was shown in my in my house growing up, and uh, and and my father would stand over me if I didn't finish my food, and with a, with a vein bulging out on his forehead, oh, you know, yeah. and, and especially with something I hated like cabbage rolls. Mm-hmm. Can't bear cabbage rolls to this day, or even the smell of cooked cabbage or Brussels sprouts, which my wife loves to make. If I walk in and smell that smell, I immediately something like. Oh, the no. gag reflex starts. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to suppress it. Um, but he, he would literally, he would never beat me, but he would, the threat was there. And I would eat every bite, even as I was ready to harf, you know. Oh. And it's really tough to get past all that. Those The messages of finish every bite is just, it's not a helpful one. No, you know, it really is You know, buy less or donate to a food bank. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, that that might be something that people could do. All right. So we covered cassettes. We've covered food. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a third thing. I was a huge comic book guy when I was a kid. There yeah. we go. Huge comics. I was very into comics and it was traumatic for me. When we moved, my mother made me, you know, just throw out my comic book collection. Oh, no. I had I had things that if I had them today, 
you know, oh. would probably be, you know, worth something. But I oh, just, I got so into the mythology of, of, of Superman and, mm -hmm. and the Green Lantern. And, and then later on, Marvel. I mean, Marvel was, you know, a little bit deeper, a little more neurotic, a little more, a little, a little grittier. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was, you know, I, I filtered everything through the idea of uh, being a strange visitor from another planet. <laughs> you know, able, you know, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. And mm -hmm. it, it's interesting because, you know, I was a geek. I was a nerd and was somewhat teased for it. But at the age of 14, I discovered I had a superpower. And my superpower was I could do any voice that I listened to. Yeah. So I went from, you know, this kind of nerdy, geeky, unpopular kid to people who wanted to gather around me in the cafeteria as I did my voices, you know, my, yeah, yeah, and yeah. my, my first, my, the first, the first one I ever did was Peter Falk, the grandfather from mm -hmm. the princess bride, but he had a show in the seventies that was brilliant. I still think it's the best detective show ever for television called Columbo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I did it in the schoolyard. My, the, my teacher, Mr. Fraser, Mr. Robert Fraser, great educator, was doing this horrible impression. And I walked up and I said, excuse me, Mr. Fraser, sir. I don't want to bother you, but there's been a murder here. You're killing the Peter Falk impression. <laughs> and the, the, the girls, my classmates, who one of whom I had a tremendous crush on, were all <laughs> laughing and, uh, and it changed my life. It was like, it was like, wow, this couldn't be any better than if I'd gone out to the backyard and there was this meteor who'd be, that had bathed me in radiation and made <laughs> yeah. me able to fly, you know? And I just found, I don't know how, I guess that was just the right time for my voice to change. And I just began doing voices. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt like a superhero. I've got this superpower. Yeah. And what I find now, to take the superhero analogy a little bit, a little bit ridiculously far mm -hmm. is that I am able to use it to help people. You know, when we do these comic cons, Bridget's mm -hmm. seen it a, a, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of times, people are really affected by, you know, the, the, the connecting to their childhood and connecting to the voice. And there are, especially people who are on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I've had one, I've had person after person tell me, you know, they were nonverbal until they started watching your show and started quoting your show and suddenly they talked and I had one man at the two, two conventions go apparently I'd met his son about four years earlier mm -hmm. and his son had always been dysregulated and after our conversation he said it never happened again now could I tell you what I said to this boy to, to but he'd be, he was calm from that day forward and he was a very calm young man when I met him and I don't know quite what I did or how, how I, how I helped, but right. I just accept that somehow or another I'm helping. Yeah. And that's re I've come to believe that's really what we're all here for. Yeah. We're here to help. Uh, I'm, one of my favorite things I ever heard, one of the great sort of, you know, parables that I've heard was that a man gets to have a vision of heaven and hell before he dies. He's, he, you know, just, he, he, God decides to show him what heaven is and what hell is. And he goes to hell and hell is this huge banquet table and the most sumptuous feast is laid out in front of everybody stretching to eternity one into the other. But the only problem is nobody has any elbow joints. And oh. they have a fork in one hand and a, and a knife in the other. 
and they, they can't get the food up to their mouths and it's this delicious food and this is their torment for eternity. And then it takes them up to heaven and heaven looks exactly the same. It's the most sumptuous feast laid out from one end of, the, of, of infinity to the other. And they also don't have elbow joints. So they got mm -hmm. a knife in one hand, a fork in the other. And they're feeding each other. And, yeah. that's, and that's to me what, what the human experience is supposed to be. We're supposed to do what we can to help each other without losing ourselves, of course, because then there's that there, you can take that and make that into an addiction mm -hmm. and spiral out on, you know, helping others and never helping yourself, you know, at great cost to you. Uh, if that if that happens, then, you know, th th then you then you've got to look at that. But I think there's a certain amount of our energy and time we should devote to making other people's lives better. Yeah. yeah. And I get to do that through humor and you know, doing voices and being part of these great shows where I'm the beneficiary of great writing and great animation, great music, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm right now I'm, I get to tour in a show called Animaniacs in Concert and uh, Rob Paulson and Randy Rogel, who wrote the music, and I go around to different cities and we play mostly performing arts centers, five to 700 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, we perform the, the brilliant music of Animaniacs with the brilliant lyrics that, that Randy Rogel wrote. And, um, you know, I, I have a couple of numbers in there and it's just a, and a wonderful sketch and it's just a lot of fun to see how this, how this music has stayed with people and has made their lives better. People have told me that they, they had a particularly dark day and they were thinking of doing the very darkest thing that could be done. And they went home and watched Animaniacs and it made them laugh. And just that tiny little release of endorphins that comes from the laughter of watching a show made them pass on the idea of hurting themselves. Yeah. That's, that's powerful stuff. It's And it, again, 187 people went into the making of every episode of, of any show I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm not the only person that helped them. We all helped them. Yeah. But it did. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about entertainment and like how it can help. Like I'm sure there's some study out there or something. Matt Pat's probably got something about <laughs> it. I'll, I'll ask him. Okay, ask um, your boss. <laughs> uh, but, but like there's something to be said with like entertainment and especially like I always feel with like comedy on like how helpful it can be mentally. And it, it's really trying to, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of feel like it's just it, pompous, like, Oh yeah, we, we help in this way, but like there's truly something. Well, connected it there. comes though from a narcissistic impulse because oh, yeah. all performers are narcissists. I, oh, yeah. I admit I have very narcissistic tendencies. Uh, I don't think I'm a toxic narcissist, but you know, I, the urge to, the impulse to say, hey, look at me, listen to what I'm saying, laugh at what I'm saying, is a narcissistic one. Mm -hmm. There are people across this country that don't have that, and they, they do the, the regular jobs, and they're satisfied and happy with those, and they go home to their lovely families, and they work for the weekends, and, 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 and they're content. I don't have that. I've got to have people i gotta know i'm affecting the culture in some way yeah and right. uh, you know but it comes from this selfish and narcissistic impulse and yet what's produced by that is this beautiful way of 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 helping people yeah of, because 
I can't quote Stan Lee exactly, but he, he, I remember him in an interview, and it's in print, saying that he used to beat himself up because the people he went to school with were doctors and lawyers and, and people of great accomplishment. And then he realized going, entertainment was, going into entertainment was a noble pursuit because without entertainment, people might go off the deep end. Yeah, and we've always sought that from the from the the guy that's the funniest guy at the water cooler to the storyteller around the 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 tribal fire, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the, the 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 court jester. It's a fine tradition of seeking out the person who can make us laugh because that's relief from our fears and from our sadnesses, whatever happens within this human journey we're having. And so, I'm grateful that whatever. Whatever is running this thing has used me to, to, to bring that to people, despite the fact that I'm a, I'm a selfish, narcissistic... Don't stop it. <laughs> you know, class clown who turned it into a living. We need art, period. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. God, yes. mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, you know, the fact that it's disappearing from our schools is, is a great crime, and I, yeah. I, I, I pray that there's, there's, there's a, a, a push to bring them back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they absolutely redeem people. So I have a fun little thing. In yeah. high school, you know they used to have those, uh, those like, you, you could download music from a YouTube video into an MP3 and then yeah. put it on your stuff? The only time I ever used the YouTube downloader was specifically to pull all of the Animaniac songs off of the YouTube <laughs> so that I could have them on my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> So I had all of them. I still have them downloaded on my old laptop. They're all still there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have that iPod anymore. I don't know. It's probably somewhere in Florida. But like I got every last one. You're dating yourself, Ridge. You're talking about an iPod. (laughs) That was bound to happen at some point in time. Whatever. It's fine. Um, So is that so you would it would it was it was the fact that you downloaded that's those songs and knew all the words all of the words to united states canada mexico yep. panama yep. that brought you into when you met rob paulson uh-huh. you sang the song along with him yep and that brought you into the con world yep and because you you were in the con world we met yeah and because we met and you mm-hmm. were my handler uh-huh. you met a certain young man mm-hmm. a fine young man yes by the name of Jonathan. By the name of Jonathan Lamarche. <laughs> and uh, he's ignoring us completely right now. But he gives a thumbs he's up. Going, he's going. We got, we got thumbs up. Wait till, wait till I get you home, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that, that you guys are having this wonderful time together. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's a beautiful relationship. Yeah. And then I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> you showed up. <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean, honestly, your story is so bizarre out of like, <laughs> both of ours. And it was literally the weekend that I sang The Nations of the World with Rob that he was like, you should do cons. <laughs> like, after singing with him, he was like, you know what? <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, Bridget, you just have something about you. <laughs> well, what can I say? Con life is unique. Con li- I mean, my I, I had a, a dear friend of mine join, you know, join me for half a day um, uh, up in uh, up in. Uh, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Mm-hmm. He's an educator from Oakland, and he'd never encountered anything like con life before. Mm-hmm. He spent a half day with me, and he sent me like three texts saying, "That was awesome. That was amazing. I I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen you know the effect that 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 costumes have on on people, and 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 uh, you know just the fun, and 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 yet the 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 he found great meaning in it. You know the, mm-hmm. the meaning of of 
people connecting with each other. This is the place where they're not different. They're exactly the same as each other. And they can yeah. talk about their fandoms and they can, you know, I mean, it's really, it's really a beautiful life. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm a privilege to be a part of it. And so, so are, I think you are. And you're wonderful at it. You're so good with people. It's Thanks. great. Yeah, I, I remember actually, like, it wasn't until, God, was it the end of October that I, we went to Pasadena. It was the first weekend of November. It was Anime Pasadena. Was it November? Because mm-hmm. I'd never seen Bridget doing her thing in the cons. Like, uh, it's always been like, oh, Bridget's gone for another weekend. Yeah. Best, uh, guess we're not doing anything this week. <laughs> Um, we, we stop our lives for you. Just, just so you know, Gosh. everything stops when you're gone. <laughs> Gee, guys. But, and like, I've been to like a, a few like gaming expos, but those are different. Like going to a con and seeing the community that's like built around like the work, the hard work that people are doing is really cool to see, mm-hmm. you know, seeing people cosplay and without judgment, if anything, everyone's running up to each other, taking mm-hmm. pictures with each other. I almost took a picture with one FNAF costume. <laughs> I, I didn't, but it's fine. Some of those kids are good. Those, some some of them are really costumes are dope. <laughs> I don't know why they were at an anime expo, but whatever. They're all they're at all of them. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot to be said about communities being built around mm-hmm. like the shows and the work mm-hmm. that that come out of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and there's there are communities. Uh, there are communities for us too, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the actors. I never get to see the people I've met that I've, I would, I mean, I would never get to hang out with. And yet now we are at the point now where we, where I just look forward to seeing certain people in the green room mm-hmm. and we're, and we're friends, you know, that made mad and I would never, ever think to go up to them outside of, outside of a con. But mm-hmm. now it's like, we're, we're, we're all, you know, just lining up for the food, you know, and, 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 you know, it's a cafeteria style, you know, we, we, we rate, we rate the, uh, we rate the cons based on what the green room is like. And we have, we have our own little, you know, language that we speak. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have met, I met William Shatner for the first time, 14 times. Uh, he never remembers me. But I've had some lovely little interactions. This most recent one, I watched him. You know, he was he came up to the con in order to thank him for having him, which I thought was a beautiful gesture. He's a very big star. Mm-hmm. He need that, and he was carrying a cup of tea. He had a you know a styrofoam thing of tea, and and it spilled. He went, oh my, that that'll let you know you're alive. <laughs> uh, and he said, well, anyway, I, I wanted to thank you for having me. It was lovely, and 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 so as I was walking out, I walked up. I said, Bill, how's your hand? He said, "Oh, it's fine. It's fine." I said, "I saw that happen. I was worried you. you I've had that happen where you know tea can be very hot." I said, "I, I, you know, I've burned my hand with with red rose tea because I'm Canadian." He goes, "Oh, wonderful. You're Canadian." And I said, <laughs> "I said, yeah, I'm not Maurice Lamarche." He goes, "Lovely to meet you." And I resist the urge to say I created international talk like William Shatner Day. I played you on the Critic. I played you on Animaniacs. <laughs> For crying out loud, when are you going to learn you've met me? You know, he, he knows Kevin Pollack, but, you know, whatever. I just said, nice to meet you. And he kind of stuck out his cell phone for a little cell phone fist bump. And that was, that was our, that was, but it's like, when else am I going to get to have a civilized conversation with William Shatner? Mm-hmm. Certainly not, you know, lining up for his, for his, uh, his autograph. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that, you know, that, that's a crank show. That was just. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a lovely little culture thing from the, from the cons. Yeah, maybe he found out that you were the one that had the tape 
Initially, he's just making. He should thank me. (laughs) That tape caused the resurgence of his career. No, no, he still doesn't even truly know who his neighbor is. We know this, you know. So, like, he's just, you know, he's he's got his own stuff going on. Our our friend Jess Harnell, who had at one at one point a Kiss tribute band, lives two doors away from from Bill, in a house that looks like the Enterprise. It's this incredible science fiction-y house. And Shatner's is just, you know, he's got an S on the gate. And it looks like a sta- like stately Wayne Manor from the old 1966 Batman show. But, but uh, he drove by one day, and just as Jess and his bandmates were getting in their car. And a few weeks later, and this is Jess's story, I hate to take it from him, but mm. a few weeks later, Shatner's driving up the street, and he stops, and he kind of backs up and rolls down his window and goes... Gene, and just keeps you know doing whatever he's doing in his garage. He goes, Gene, Gene Simmons. Just hears the voice and looks and goes, William Shatner's talking to me. What, what, what? So he goes out and goes, uh, Gene. I know, I know you're Gene because you know I saw you in your makeup. Let me ask you a question: When you're on the road, are there lots of hot chicks? And Jess just goes, yeah, Bill. Yeah, there really are. He goes, God, that's hot. <laughs> and then pulls away. And that was the end of the interaction. <laughs> his neighbor, Bill Shatner. So he's pretty sure that's who his neighbor is. He thinks his neighbor is Gene, you know? so, yeah, Gene Simmons. He's never met this guy before. So exactly. he's- <laughs> and really, it's the voice of Wacko. Uh, no, yeah, Wacko. Oh, yeah, Wacko. Yeah. He's voice of the Wacko right one. and the voice of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> what a world, what a world, what a world. <laughs> yeah, the more, the more you, like, dive into the green room and, like, meeting people in the green room at conventions, this, like, what a weird life we live it gets, you know? The more you're like, wow, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? How did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> we just went over. You know uh, yeah, how I yeah, got there. Right. I know how I did. I sang a song. <laughs> It was my audition. <laughs> I apologize if at the next con a bunch of people start coming up and singing at you. That's okay. <laughs> I have no power. He's like, we're always next to Rob anyway, so we hear the song all day long anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and like, I think if I hear if I hear Rob as Raphael say, butt cannons, it's got butt cannons. That one's Donatello. Oh, is that a Donatello? Yeah, that's a Donatello line. Oh, I'm Bye, so Karen. sorry. Yeah, that one's a that one's uh, a Donnie oh, so line. So sorry, that's a Donnie line. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it's that in the countries of the world. I just, yeah. I just go all day long. All right, I'm gonna be hearing this all day long. Yeah. Yep. I love him. <laughs> Those are like I love the him. Two He's most a brother. Popular. But, wow. Butt cannons. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. Oh my that's God! Crazy. I got through the first verse. <laughs> hey, hey, look at that! I had no idea I'd learned it. <laughs> I was gonna say at some point in time you're gonna have to sit and see like how much of it can you recall just from having heard it over and over again. A billion again. times, yeah, yeah, I know. By the time you guys are done with the tour, you have to. I will at least get it to the second verse. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, 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 I'm proud of myself that I remember neocortex, frontal lobe, brainstem, brainstem, hippocampus, neural node, right hemisphere, pons and cortex, visual, brainstem, brainstem. Sylvian Fisher pineal left hemisphere, cerebellum left, cerebellum right, synapse hypothalamus striatum dendrite, and that's all I remember. It's great. That's further <laughs> than I have yeah, gotten. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 you know the 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 difference is that I have got 
I have doctors coming up to me going, thanks to that song, I passed yeah. my anatomy exam. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, great, I don't yeah. know what any of the does. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Never mind your eighth grade geography thing. You know, I help doctors. I was going to say, I think I had a kindergarten teacher who used the Animaniacs, like the Wacko's World or Wacko's Capitals or whatever that one is. Capitals, yeah. That's a very very valuable song to Mm -hmm. somebody trying to get through there. I think I probably still have that one memorized too from kindergarten. I knew that one in kindergarten. I held on to it that long. Wow. And I didn't realize, I didn't make the connection of what show it was from until years later because I just didn't really know. It was just my kindergarten class thing but I, I kept that one memorized from nice very good yeah i don't remember any of them i probably listened to them like a dozen times don't even know where to start dozen dozen doesn't start to doesn't, doesn't a dozen doesn't even oh god I, i'm trying not to pun and i'm still punning it doesn't even begin to begin the memorization process i mean hundreds of times you have to listen to something like that hundreds yeah well that's going to do it for us here. Maurice, thank you so much for uh, being here. I don't know. I'm here now. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming in and being the first guest. First and ever. everyone's first guest because everyone went to this episode first. There you, there you go. Even Rob Paulson, he'll go to this episode first. Yes, absolutely. Because I've been his first guest yeah. many yeah. times. More times than I met William Shatner. <laughs> Fifteen? Yeah, something like that. Every time he changes the iteration of his podcast, I'm his first, <laughs> first guest. guest he just resets, Mo's the first guest. So hopefully I'll be as much good luck to you as I was to Rob. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you will. Well, uh, it sounds like everyone is no longer cheese. They're normal again. All the entertainers are back to being entertainers and not part of a charcuterie board. That's a huge win. Huge win for the <laughs> entertainment world today. They did, I'm, Who knows if anybody got eaten, but I'm sure they're fine. And uh, now there are other shows that you can tune into, and we won't be the only show for now. Yeah, and don't forget, if you want, if you want to support us, uh, subscribe, hit the follow button, whatever it is for whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to go the extra mile and support us, head over to patreon.com slash onlyshowpodcast, where you can, uh, you can throw some... Throw some money at us, and we'll give you. We'll throw you back some stuff as well. It's a, it's a mutual exchange. You yeah. throw money, we throw stuff. Uh, duck, please. Our stuff is heavy. Um, and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Nailed it. I absolutely crushed that Patreon. Yeah, absolutely no, nailed it. You I don't want to take Patreon, it again. No, it's perfect. No, no, yeah, I, I liked it. Throw yeah. stuff at it, or you catch it. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, goodbye. 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 People always take a really long time to leave. Yeah. When we say goodbye, they're always yeah. lingering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to uh, just, I guess, I just go? Uh, um, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I mean, generally they would leave first. Uh, okay. I guess I should, I should get up. I don't want to hurt the microphone. I feel kind of trapped. See, I just bumped your mic. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, but you want it's me started. to leave. You actually want me to leave, leave. You it don't no, 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 they, 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 Oh, those people. Yeah, those yeah, guys. Those guys. They, they, oh, yeah. Because after you leave, I can leave. Yeah, once yeah. they're gone. Because I'm going to knock everything down. Oh, now you're going to want to stay and watch that. No. Oh, oh, come on. It's, right. Nothing's going to happen. Leave. I'm not moving. Yeah. No, I'm not moving. Not go home. Go home. Get out of here. Go. Just. You know, listen. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, exactly. We got to stop the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, we got to. We have other things to do. That was one of them.
dog bone. 